1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Here's your host, Zach Gelb. Alrighty, welcome back in. This is Zach Gelb's show Coast to Coast on CBS Sports Radio. I am a huge fan of my next guest. I watch his TV show all the time, and that, of course, is little Dickie, who's kind enough to join us on CBS Sports Radio, and he is joining us here today on behalf of Mountain Dew. Dave, appreciate the
1: time. How hey, are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me.
2: So I- I'm a big fan of yours for many reasons. Okay. You clearly have such a unique voice. I know you're a big uh, Philadelphia sports fan, yeah. and we have that connection since I lived in Philly for seven years. So, yeah, okay, yeah. i, I got to put you on the spot right out of the gate. Sure. Favorite cheesesteak place?
1: Uh, I loved... And I don't know if it's closed. Okay. I mean, I think it's still open somewhere. But the the spot where I actually went all the time... I went last time and it wasn't there. Steve Steaks.
2: Oh yes, yeah. Steve's Prince of uh, Steaks. Yeah, I yeah. Lo- I,
1: That's why I love the cheese fries. Oh, okay. And the crushed ice with the cherry soda, and and of course the cheesesteak. But last time I went on South Street, it was not. It was yeah, they, COVID they, I, I think they've closed
2: some uh, locations. But they have other
1: locations. Yeah. Steve's Prince of Steaks.
2: My, my favorite is uh, Mama's in I've never, never had it. Oh, delicious! It's a hidden gem. I gotta go. It's for it's uh it's definitely one of the the top cheesesteaks. Uh, Della Sandro's obviously. Yeah. A uh, big fan of yours. How do you get your your cheesesteak, just? Whiz with or no, American I, cheese provolone?
1: It depends on the location. D- I don't like onions, so there will be without every time. And okay. It'll be Whiz or American depending on... The type of whiz and American they carry. Yeah, it, I, I probably would start with whiz and see how I feel about the whiz. But I do love American cheese. Like a nice wet American cheese is great. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's it's crazy because every cheesesteak place I could order the cheesesteak differently because you know the ins and outs of, of yeah, what they do best.
1: Exactly. Sometimes you need to go extra cheese. Yeah, <laughs>
2: you know, like, <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. So. Or, or double meat sometimes. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's you're right. You got to feel for it. You gotta. It's like uh, it's like anything in life. You go, you experience it, and you adjust.
2: All right, <laughs> let's uh, talk a little bit about the Eagles. Okay. Ten and one. Yeah. Uh, I know that there were some flaws with the team but when you're 10 and 1 coming off a Super Bowl loss very you, impressive.
1: Yeah, you feel good at that point.
2: And then <laughs> man, holy crap what happened down the stretch.
1: Well look, to be fair, even their 10 and 1 was like a head scratching ten like it felt like yeah. they were just like little bar- barely winning games and especially coming off of last. It just never felt like they put four quarters together the entire year. Look, honestly, i got to say, I really think it, this whole season is total it's – a, it's a pure example of how important coordinators are in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Two of our coordinators go on. They're head coaches in the NFL. I think Shane Steichen, you see, like, With he's like Colts, a yeah. great coach. And, like, you lose someone like that, it matters. It has an impact. I think we've taken strides by firing those two coordinators, and maybe they, you know, are unfair scapegoats, but something had to change. Like, they just – there was no – it felt like they were just treading water and not adjusting. And so I'm excited to see Kellen Moore in there. I'm excited to see Vic Fangio in there. And I think they, they made the, the right moves because they have the roster still. Mm-hmm. I still feel like talent-wise, like, wow, what a team. So I, I in no way think that this is like a rebuild mode team. I think they're a contender next year immediately.
2: You know how important leadership is. Yeah. Everyone's calling the coach into question. And now yeah. I think that coaching in the NFL, you got to be a player's coach, but you can't be a doormat. I just don't know if Sirianni can get that locker room back in order. That's a big concern.
1: Yeah, but if you watch the interviews and you see when they are asked, like, "What do you think about?" This? They all really rush mm. to his defense. Uh, you know what I mean? I know they have to, right? But like, how I, genuine is that? It feels genuine. I, I, like I, as an actor, like I'm, I'm like, yeah. I like, I like, I really try to watch it.
2: We should bring you on in season to just tell us what yeah. is bull bleep and yeah. what's not with these coaches. Yeah, uh,
1: I don't know. I, look. I was skeptical of Sirianni from the moment they hired him. I was like, "Who is this man? And what is he talking about with plants watering?" Yeah. Me- I was like, "What's going on here?" But <laughs> the then, but they really <laughs> respond to him, and he really had like, "Look, I'll, they've but comp- he they went to, like they've always been on an upward trajectory, except this past year." And any guy that, he's the CEO of the team, like he's bringing in the right people typically, you know. Don't forget his original hires were all like, boom, head coach, head coach, like Super Bowl caliber team. You got to give a guy credit for that, so.
2: How did you, just wondering, find your voice? Because it's so unique, and not only find your voice, but you have now had so many people just in the show with Brad Pitt, Justin Bieber, Drake, all really believe in your vision and what you're kind of saying.
1: Look, you know, it's still to this day a dream come true when I think about those names you just mentioned, like they're icons, you know, people that you grow up being like they're at the top of the mountain of anything that they have ever uh, tried to do. They are that. And for them to believe in me and collaborate with me truly is like the most validating experience of my life. How did I find it? Honestly, I was just like a funny kid that everyone like laughed at my jokes and like. I would just get constant feedback wherever I went. They'd be like, "You're the, the funniest guy I've ever met." And I th- and I thought to myself, "I don't think all these comedic heroes of mine, like Adam Sandler, Seth Rogen, Larry David, began as anything more than everyone's funny friend."
2: It, it, it's so funny you say that because my best friend, he goes by the rap name Eyes and Ears.
1: Okay, and, cool, uh, cool name, Eyes and Ears.
2: He, right? Yeah. And his like first song that he did when we were like in middle school, and I was into radio, so I would help, uh, you know, kind of put together yeah. the, the songs and everything with my, with my other friend Jordan. And it was about mini waffles and Hot Pockets. Yeah. And when we watched Dave, we're like, this is what our friend Alex wanted to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Honestly, it's like kind of a... Uh, and that's what I like to do in my art uh, is, look, everyone has a dream or a goal, and, you know, no matter what it is. Maybe it's not being a rapper, but it's something. And sometimes it feels fully impossible to, or, like, really difficult to achieve that dream. And I just like like inspiring people to go for it. And, you know, I always kind of corny but the phrase it's not that corny like a phrase that i really live by is like i could live with failure i can't live with what ifs you know i would never have been able to sleep at night if i didn't try to go for it because i would have been like well what would have happened if i tried to be a rapper like maybe like you know and now look at me i did I just did a thing with brad pitt and drake so insane and whatever your thing is like don't like the only way you're going to do it is by really believing it so just go for it and the other thing that i love is
2: you've made it and then you try to help other people, too. Your relationship with Gaeta and how you kind of used that platform to get his message out on Dave was awesome.
1: Thank you. Yeah, all credit goes to Gaeta. I mean, the man, he's been an inspiration to me behind the scenes for, like, since 2014, so about 10 years now. Wow. And I, like, have been, you know, prior to the TV show, I still was doing shows, tours with Gaeta, we're living life, and... He was constantly, like, inspiring me and making me feel good enough as a rapper to, like, go do certain things and always being in my ear to be like, no, you are, like, you are great. And it's an uh, honor and a thrill to be able to, like, because I've always, you meet this guy and you he oozes greatness. Before he was famous, like, anyone would meet him and be like, who the hell is that yeah, guy? Right. That guy <laughs> feels like a celebrity, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm just honored to be the guy that can help him get all the credit that he's always deserved this whole time.
2: Talking a little dicky right now. I was reading the other day that... We don't know if we're getting a, a season four, Dave. What's what's cooking? Well, there? we're
1: taking a break. You know, the show. Is, Was that your call? Yeah. Okay. It, uh It's uh, it is a, it's very hard to make the show. I love it. I love it with all my heart. But from like the point of starting a season to the point of ending it, it's like a year and a half long journey. Where like you know, I'm so hands on and involved in every phase. So I'm in the writers' room every day. I'm in every scene when we're shooting it. I'm a big part of the scout. I, I direct and scout and do all the things. And then. When it's done being shot, then that's where my real work comes in and editing it and, like, you know, all the scoring, and it's, like, a huge thing. My name's on the line. You know, it's called Dave. It's something I care about, every single detail, and there's so many micro decisions to make. And I just thought, you know, I, we just did something with Brad Pitt and Drake. Like, the show is kind of at, like, a great pause mm-hmm. point moment where – because there's so many other things I want to do in my career, and I just want to have that. it's hard to – like, even music. I, I – I haven't even had time to work on a, on an album in the last, like, five years because the show takes up so much of my time.
2: From faking your death in the show yeah. to the sleepaway camp scenes, we talked about it. Uh, you had Justin Bieber, Drake, Brad Pitt. It goes on and on and on. What's your favorite episode so far?
1: Great question. Never, I've never even been asked this question in an interview. Are you serious? Yeah, I am. Oh, wow. Now I would say historically we have three seasons. My favorite episodes can all be found in the nines and tens. Like I, I, w- season one nine ten, season two nine ten, season three nine ten. I feel like you know I really pride myself on nines and tens, probably particularly tens. Uh, but kind of my favorite episode in my heart is probably episode nine season two where I go to Rick Rubin's. Oh yeah. The reason behind that, beyond it being a great episode, is just it felt like the first time I like really took like a big tonal departure. Like it isn't like a what previously was a standard episode of dave and like i thought i want this to feel like a stanley kubrick film you know like just it felt like a different vibe and i it took a risk because i was like i know i can make a a standard episode of dave in a really good way i don't know if i can pull this off And, and then when i pulled it off i was like i can do anything and that gave me the confidence in season three season three like every episode is like a different version of a different type of short film whether it's like a epic wandering the desert thing or like we're trapped in a hurricane and it's like a horror episode like i really like, wanted to branch out genre wise and i think episode nine season two gave me the confidence to like go for different types of tones so
2: the finding your love uh, storyline let's uh, tie that into this super yeah. bowl your thoughts of taylor swift and travis kelsey i think it's awesome
1: i love it look it first off it makes america as a whole feel like high school or something yeah. you know what i mean and i think it like warms the heart of uh of america and maybe even the world like i think anyone who approaches their relationship with hate is probably just a hater you know yeah, like, I'm with you. they just seem they're both they, they just seem very likable people like i travis i've, I've you know i don't really know him well but he's, he seems like the coolest guy ever and he's been the coolest guy ever and he's been the best ever for like a decade you know and she has obviously like she's like the new michael jackson you know what i mean like what she's doing is Historically unprecedented and she seems like a I've never met her, but she seems like an incredibly smart driven ambitious woman inspector
2: it, It's so funny. Who you are in the show yeah you you are in real life i remind you of taylor swift (laughs) (laughs) sure if that wants to be the headline i'm fine with that yeah like have you a lot has changed in your life yeah but do you feel like you have changed individually you've always been the same person that you've always been
1: i feel like i'm very similar to how i've always been there's no real i mean you know you age and grow up and you you know there but beyond that i feel like no i think if you talk to anybody who's close with me they would say that you know, fame hasn't changed me in any way. And that's because I probably always believe these things about myself. So when I do achieve them, it's like I don't want to say no big deal, but it's like what I always knew was going to happen.
2: Sixers, I know Embiid's hurt. Is that season pretty Mm -hmm. much over? I would
1: never say the season's pretty much. I got to see what the recovery. I mean, if Embiid is out for the playoffs, they're not going to win anything. Yeah,
2: hot take. (laughs) Yeah, But uh, (laughs) but
1: it seems as though there's still hope that he could come. My main goal, it's crazy. Like he just The amount of times he's not healthy in the playoffs, I would be totally fine with him. I would rather be like the seven seed and he's back 100% Mm -hmm. than be like the one seed and he just got hurt right before the playoffs, like last
2: year. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what you're doing today with Mountain Dew.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I don't know if you're aware of Mountain Dew, Baja Blast, the flavor previously it was only really available in like Taco Bell when you go to the drive-thru, and I loved it. Whenever I'd go to Taco Bell drive-thru, I'd be like, what is this mysterious soda that is only being offered here? And I'm happy to be the man announcing that Baja Blast is now – in stores nationwide, cans and bottles. You can get it anywhere, which is like, what a thrill. So I'm here conveying that message. I host a radio show with the Odyssey app that, oh yeah. We're owned like- by Odyssey. Oh, great. Yeah. So there's good synergy here. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, the drive from L.A. to uh, Vegas is a little bit boring. So it's like, you know, it's me telling stories, picking my favorite songs. It's just something to listen to along that drive.
2: So we will definitely eventually get a, a new season of, of Dave? Yeah, just
1: I'm still alive. So yeah. as long as, you know, I'd have to, if some if you know, my life is going on. Maybe you're writing an episode right now. You know, uh, Hey. Something crazy I, would have to happen. I
2: know Rich Eisen. I know he's been yeah. on it. If you want to put me on an episode, I, I would, I would yeah. not say no. I will not have any tough negotiations sure. there.
1: All right. We'll keep your money low.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. one cent. I'm good. Yeah. Before we let you run, here's the multi-million-dollar question of the week. Will they get engaged eventually, not after the game, just eventually, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift?
1: Great question. Uh, I have no inside insight to this. Mm-hmm. So this is just me from afar. It feels like they're, they're meeting each other at the right time. It feels like they're both at that age where they're ready to settle down. So I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, but they're going to get divorced. No, I'm joking. Oh. They're not, not going to get divorced. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm going to say, yeah. We've just started this today. A lot of yeses, a few maybes. No one has uh, said no yet.
1: What's this right here? No.
2: Yeah, well, no one said
1: it yet. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go yes. I think they are going to get... I, but who the hell? I don't know. I have no idea. I've never been around them. <laughs> they seem like... Look, it seems like, you know, you're dating Taylor Swift. You probably better have your own going on too. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And so he's, he is the Taylor Swift at what he does. And mm-hmm. I think they both probably complement each other well and and i think they both have such mutual respect for each other and they both seem like really good people at the end of the
2: day well a a pleasure to meet you uh best of luck with everything and thanks so much for doing this
1: thank you for having me
2: there he is what an awesome conversation with little dicky joining us on radio row inside the mandalay bay convention center and samter something that i realized with the taylor swift poster and we have a poster here at cbs sports radio where taylor swift and uh, Travis Kelsey kind of like uh, arm around one another, smoochy, smoochy. And we've been asking people all throughout the week, you know, yes or no, are they going to uh, get engaged? Every single person so far has said yes. We had, we had two maybes. It was uh, Fletcher Cox was a maybe, and then Tony Pollard, uh, you know, who's gonna be joining us a few moments. Uh, when we, we saw him around, he, he signed this. He, he was a maybe a, as well. I didn't ask him this on the air sean alexander and i was talking to sean off the air and i said to sean what are you going to sign and he signed no and not only did he sign no he then wrote go chiefs so i think that sean alexander saying i know i'm going to get eviscerated for this and i'm going to say that they're not going to get engaged but then he's trying to suck up to chief's kingdom by at least writing go chiefs in the game that was uh something off the air i will say this as a diehard long time lifelong chiefs fan uh i don't accept sean alexander's fake go chiefs apology on here he's uh he's trying to break up the best couple in the history of sports i'm very angry with sean alexander i also love there's like random times on uh, x twitter Throughout the week, when people are listening to our interviews, like when Max Crosby were on, someone's like, "I love that Max Crosby interview until you are a clown at the end of the interview." And how dare you ask him if Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are gonna get uh, engaged? Phenomenal interview with Max Crosby until that fangirl Taylor Swift clown question that was uh, in my mentions by uh, someday my G on uh, social media. Oh my goodness gracious, morning America. It's time for another edition of Geo and Jones. Wake your ass up. There he is, Brian Jones walking around Radio Row, CBS Sports Radio legend. All righty, let's take a timeout. Tony Pollard going to join us on the other side. Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. Now back to the Zach Gelb Show. Welcome back in. It is the Zach Gelb Show coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. We're live on location in Las Vegas inside the Mandalay Bay convention center man this place is a madhouse today and look who's here with us on set he is dallas cowboys running back in tony pollard on behalf of ascent tony appreciate the time thanks for coming on down how are you doing good. How you doing well i'm doing fantastic so we'll talk about ascent in just a little bit how do you look back at this season for you individually? I know in the offseason, a lot of it was, oh, what's going to happen with the contract? Everyone always talks about the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think there's a day that goes by that we don't talk yeah. about the Dallas Cowboys. But when you reflect on the season, not only from a team standpoint, but an individual standpoint, what kind of stands out?
0: Um, I would say on a team standpoint, um, I feel like we left a lot on the table. Um I feel like we were one of the teams that should have went deep into the playoffs and, and possibly been in the game today. Not today, but this uh, weekend. Um, personally, I feel like I did pretty good, you know, especially coming off of you know a broken leg, um, torn ligaments in my ankle, and then still rushed for a thousand yards. I feel like it wasn't. The prettiest but you know it was it was a productive year for me
2: yeah and you know how this works right you have a season that is disappointing but as you just laid out you were coming off the injury in the 49ers game Mm -hmm. who knows mentally and physically when you started to feel like yourself again how much good football do you still think you have left in the body
0: oh I'm I got a lot of football left in me I'm, I'm good body wise I'm great
2: does a season like this kind of get that fire burn a little bit more
0: uh, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's frustrating. So just using that frustration and, and, you know, channeling it to something productive, you know, and hopefully it shows on the field uh, next year.
2: What, what did the rehab process, just wondering, kind of teach you? Like, what did you learn about your, about yourself through that tough time?
0: Um, That your mental is probably, like, 90% of it as far as, like, everything, as far as, like, your play on the field, as far as you recovering from injuries. Like if you overthink things, then then your body will start leaning towards what you're overthinking. So you know, just being positive. You know, um, keeping good energy, keeping positive energy around, and um, yeah, just just feeding off of that.
2: Talking to Tony Pollard right now. So this is going to be an interesting time for you. Uh, running backs always in the news with, with contracts. How do you kind of navigate and approach? What's the mindset like for what's lying ahead of the next few months?
0: Um. It's kind of hard for me to tell right now um, with the season still going on. I feel like once you know, once the Super Bowl is over and, and the season's officially over and free agency starts, then I'll be, be able to speak more in depth on that. But it's kind of tough right now. I don't know what it's going to be. Is the
2: preference to, to stay in Dallas in your opinion?
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: I'm talking to Tony Pollard right now. Um, when you look at the running back position, it's one that gets talked about and it's almost – it gets – trivialized a little bit and people try to take away from the running back but now i don't think this you need a phd in football to kind of figure this thing out to win in the playoffs you got to be able to run the football and you got to play good defense does it annoy you how people now kind of mistreat the way that they speak (laughs) about the running back position
0: yeah i mean it can be very annoying it can be very frustrating it can be hard um it's hard on your mental it's hard on everything when you got people who've never played the game telling you that your position is important but um, you know that's that's a part of being a professional um you just have to learn to block things out um block out the noise and, and just stay neutral and just and just keep your head clear because just like you know speaking of what i was saying earlier mental is like the biggest part of the game so if you let letting stuff get in your head then that's going to throw you off already
2: what what happened in the playoff game? Because you know, I thought the Cowboys were, were going to win that game. I thought you guys were going to beat Green Bay, mm-hmm. and just from the jump, they win the toss, they take the ball, they go right down the field, they put the ball in the end zone. It just seemed like you guys were never able to recover from
0: it. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, they they executed more, they executed better than us that game. Um, I would say they were a the more physical team. They just they were a the better team that game.
2: When you look at your quarterback Dak Prescott, I will spend the last two weeks talking about Brock Purdy and how we talk about Brock Purdy as a quarterback. Who is Dak Prescott? You've been in that locker room with him the last few years and, and what is he as a quarterback in this
0: league? Um, I mean he's a competitor. He's a true competitor. Um, he's gonna fight to the last whistle, to the last second on the clock is gone. He's gonna give you his all. He's gonna um you know, the way he practices and, and, and prepares for games, you know, it's it's just like the game with him. So everything that he does is intentional, whether it's just practice, walkthroughs, like he's the type of guy that you want around your franchise to lead by example in the right way. How much of this team just wondering
2: miss Ezekiel Elliott this past year?
0: Um, I would say his presence was felt, not um not having him, but I feel like we were still able to, you know, be pretty productive on the ground for the most part. But um I, I kinda our schemes kinda changed too, so I kind of played a part into it in the right game
2: yeah mike mccarthy people wondered if he's going to be brought back now he is final year of a, of a contract Is he the, the right guy the right coach for the cowboys because from afar you know it seems like he's on the hot seat and you have jerry jones who does nine thousand interviews all the time the owner of the <laughs> dallas cowboys yeah. and whenever he speaks he's entertaining but he's already talking about how he thinks he would work well with bill belichick so it feels like you know from my vantage point that they doubt Mike McCarthy. So what are your thoughts on McCarthy?
0: Oh, uh, man, that's a perfect example of what I was saying. You got to keep your mental clear. You got to block out a lot of the noise. Um, you got to block out a lot of the reports, a lot of the rumors you hear, a lot of posts that people make until, like, you actually see a move done mm-hmm. or a coach fired or hired or a player traded or something. Like, you just have to block it out and just and just focus in.
2: All we do is – we talk a lot of cowboys. Yeah. You know this, you know it, it always uh, gets made uh, a joke. Death taxes and national shows talking about the cowboys. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of like laugh at the coverage and, and how much you guys are talked about? Like it's good, <laughs> but then there's also some bad that comes from it.
0: Yeah, I mean you have to laugh it off. Um, being a cowboy, you get used to it. Um, after a while, it, it's it's routine. You know, it's it's expected. It's expected for us to be talked about, whether we're in the playoffs or whether we're not in the playoffs whether we're playing our best ball or our worst ball it's expected for us to be the headline of the conversation so you know you got to laugh it off and just and just lock in and stay neutral like I was saying just lock in and focus on the task at hand who, who wins this
2: game coming up on Sunday who do you think wins between the Niners and Chiefs Tony Pollard
0: I think it's gonna be a good game but I can't I can't go against my homes
2: yeah, I feel like that's everyone's sentiment here. <laughs> I'm taking the Niners just because everyone has said what you yeah. logically it makes sense. But everyone has said what you have said this
0: week. Um, yeah, it's hard to go against them.
2: All right, here's the multi-million-dollar question before we talk about his scent. Wrapping up with Tony Pollard, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. That's the storyline of this Super Bowl. Do you think ultimately they will uh, get engaged? They'll get married
0: one day. Man, I don't want <laughs> to speak on where they relationship going. I'm going to pass on them. <laughs> you got it. Tell me what you got cooking with The Scent. Yeah, um, I teamed up with The Scent, you know, this spring, 2023. You know, they have a lot of different protein products to offer. They have post-workout proteins. They have pre-workout proteins. They have plant-based protein, post-workout proteins. Um, they have a lot of different flavors to choose from. Um, you just mix it with water or milk, yeah. whichever one, your choice. And um, my personally favorite uh, post-workout would be the chocolate or the vanilla bean. And pre-workout would probably be the strawberry lemonade. So I'm a big
2: smoothie guy. I lost like 80 pounds in, in the last four years. And a big reason is because of protein powder. Because, yeah. dude, they're filling. I yeah, you don't have to eat. Like. Frozen strawberries, frozen mango. I throw some spinach in there bunch of protein powder, and then uh, pretty much just water. And it's yeah. healthy, and that I'm um, surprisingly, eating healthy, actually somewhat delicious right there. Yeah. So, hey, uh, good luck uh, with the next chapter coming up, and we'll see where you land this offseason. And thanks so much for doing this. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. There he is, Tony Pollard, joining us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, by the way, uh, two pieces of college football information. Uh, one has to do with Nick Saban, and the other has to do with Arch Manning. Um, according to Inside Texas, Steve Sarkeesian, who did this last year when he was talking about Arch Manning, kind of nipped all the uh, QB speculation in the bud. He said already that Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning are not in a quarterback competition. So, yeah, presumably so. This is Quinn Ewers' team. If Quinn can say healthy, keep on playing at the high level that he did. He'll be the player and the quarterback, the starting quarterback for the Longhorns this year, even though he was injured Uh, You know, one time a year ago and then another time two years ago. Uh, If you remember that Alabama game and there was uh, obviously this year. So, you know that Quinn's going to be the guy. But with all that being said, it's like when do we start to see Arch Manning get on the field and actually start to play some football? And it seems like the Manning family, you know, barring him, uh, you know, saying, I'm going to go transfer away from the university, are fine with this plan for the intention to not be that um, that Arch Manning will not play his first two years at Texas the other one um, Nick Saban we had uh, Mark Ingram on from Fox earlier Uh, we just had Sean Alexander on the former Alabama uh, legendary running back a guy that should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame Uh, Nick Saban one of the most accomplished and decorated coaches in college football history is joining ESPN Saban will primarily as an analyst on set of College Game Day but also will appear on the NFL Draft and SEC media coverage and look at this Mr. Longhorn himself Brian Jones who, who I know he's got to run, so just say hello to everyone. Hi, everyone. Uh, horns down. Horns you down. do the horns oh, don't down. not hit What's me. A, did it, we get that on camera? I'm, I'm suing Nick, you. Nick Saban
0: didn't do the horns yeah, down and guess the what? horns whoop that ass. Uh,
2: horns down and Arch Manning, uh, not going to be the guy next year. Man, I'm surprised. Those Texas guys, they're sensitive, very sensitive. You had Rodney Terry bitching and complaining about horns down. Samter. I don't think I got hit as once as uh, as hard as Greg Giannotti once day when he was working with uh, Brian Jones. Or, or, no, it wasn't Gio. It was uh, Mikey B when he did a little horns down. That's a legendary story. But I, I think I'm bruised right now. I think my ribs are bruised. I'm going to have to file a lawsuit. Uh, oh, I, I got hurt. I didn't see anything. I don't think the cameras were rolling. <laughs> I've fallen and I cannot get up. Remember that? the Life Alert Of course I do. How, how do you not remember uh, Life Alert? I just got assaulted by Brian Jones. We, we should put that clip out. CBS Sports Radio host gets assaulted by Brian Jones on Radio Row. Zach, I'll be honest with you, man. Um, I thought you were a little bit tougher than that. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, he he came with a little bit of a haymaker to the ribcage, but. Man, hit me hard there. I, I don't know how I'm going to survive. Well, we got some protection. I will survive. <laughs> we, hey, hey. We, we got some protection coming by on the, on the next segment. Uh, we got a surprise guest, offensive lineman, big-time friend to the show, joining us on the other side.
1: And this is Nick. from the back, 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 to you, boys. boys. And you're listening to the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. And guess what? Zach is back. All right.
2: He's live. He's nationwide on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Zach Gelb Show. All righty. Back inside Radio Row, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio in the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. What a loaded show. This has been today Justin Jefferson, Roma Dunze, Mark Ingram, Max Crosby, Fletcher Cox, Sean Alexander, Tony Pollard, Little Dickie, and we have one more surprise guest uh, in the works right now. Uh, should be joining us before we do say goodbye, uh, coming up in about 15 minutes. But first, um, it's time to answer Ask the Pros Question of the Day. It's brought to you by our friends at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Josh in Cleveland says... Uh, Zach, earlier in the show, you had little Dickey on. What's your favorite television show of all time? You could submit a question by tweeting at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb using the hashtag AskThePros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. So I don't watch a lot of TV these days because I have to watch so much sports. I love mindless television, though. I've said this before on the air. It's not my favorite show of all time, but I love Real Housewives of New Jersey. I love uh, Jersey Shore. I saw Curb Your Enthusiasm just came back, and I love Curb Your Enthusiasm as well. I was a huge fan of 24. I was a huge fan of Entourage. But I could keep on stalling. I could keep on giving you uh, shows and naming shows and some of the great shows of all time. But clearly, uh, my favorite show of all time is The Sopranos. And, And I could watch that over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, if I have nothing to do on like a Wednesday night, I could binge like six or seven episodes that I've already seen. Uh, so Sopranos is uh, definitely at the top of the list. I think it's maybe, not, not maybe, I think it is the most brilliant written television show I've ever seen. With all the things that were talked about all those years ago that are still major parts of the world today, and I didn't think they were talked about them then, uh, especially the mental health component as well, uh, there's no doubt about it. Sopranos is my favorite TV show of all time. Um, uh, St- uh, Stu, back in New York City, Stuart Kovacs. I almost said Samter, but uh, Samter's... Uh, <laughs> I was going to the right next to me, but Samter's trying to corral our mystery guest. who shouldn't need any corralling to get on over here because this guy owes me a, a, a favor or two. I'm just teasing. Um, uh, so, Stu, what's your favorite TV show of all time? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't watch as much TV as maybe some do. I, I'll probably watch more sports, but um, love The Office. I uh, love Breaking Bad, but for me, my favorite is Seinfeld. It's just... Even you know, 25, 30 years later, I think it still has a lot of good. Uh, it, it just lives on, and it's still you know. So have you ever sort been to the relevant. diner in the city? I have not been in it. I've walked
1: by it uh, in the Upper West Side.
2: Yes. You, you get the selfie, Stu. I have. Yeah, I stew. do have a picture. Selfie, of, sexy, Stu. Yeah, selfie, Stu, in front of the, the diner. Yeah, it's a, it, it is my favorite show, and this it is something when I just want to put something random on. Uh, that's usually the show I, I go to. You know, Stu, we got to get you out here one year. I, I feel bad. Like we're talking about how much fun we're having. <laughs> Now we're talking about all these fancy schmancy meals that we go to. the. Ho- you would have loved the hockey game last night. Oh, yeah, I'm you sure. would. Yeah. Th- that crowd was just, that was flat out ridiculous. That crowd. Uh, it was just crazy. And the energy and um, just really right before the game, the pregame show was just, it was wild. That, that was a, like, I've been in some good atmospheres. That felt like it was an EDM hockey party uh, for three hours. That was just absolutely wild yeah they always Bonkers. seem to put on a show there and the team is really good and obviously seeing Connor mcdavid something i've yet to do yeah. as well I, I i'd be excited for that dry sidles and the oilers the oilers won 16 16 games in a row before uh they lost that uh, game last night but anyway uh now joining us It's getting a little chilly it's getting a little chilly in here why because the snowman is in the building yeah. from the buffalo bills uh. Zach. I, I don't even like to introduce you as from the Buffalo Bills because I've known you from before then. So friend of show, friend of life. Here he is, the great mm-hmm. Dion Dawkins. What's show. up, brother? What up, Zach?
3: What up, what up, what up, Zach, Zach,
2: Zach, Zach, Zach? You're loving this stuff. You're a people's person. Like, you come to an event like this, and, and, and you like being here. So you know it. Um, one day when my career's is
3: over, uh, I find myself here somewhere. You know, I've, this is fun. This is yeah. fun. And, I, and I'm a people person, so I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy poking at people. I enjoy getting on people's nerves and then rewinding it the back and settling the, that playing field. So
2: I enjoy this stuff. So th- there's a lot that we could talk about, um, specifically, though, with you first. I want to talk about the Walter Payton uh, Man of the Year Award. Once again, a finalist. I don't even know if you know or, or not, if you won or you didn't. I, I, they find out on Thursday. You just gave me a smirk that makes me feel like you have an idea of something that's going on. Uh, regardless, though, I hope on Thursday when that gets announced, that it's you. And I know even if it's not you, you'll still be the same person as you've always been since I met you.
3: I will. And I don't do it for an award. I don't do it for any of that. Uh, I do it to have an attempt or have a chance to change a life, to put an extra smile on the face and to just be present and to give somebody a different thought process, maybe in a different situation if they have a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really what it is. I just like to be present, than unpresent, if that's a word.
2: So obviously, uh, Deion Dawkins here with us. I saw you when you came to Philly, and yeah, uh, you lost that game unfortunately to the Philadelphia Eagles. A- at that moment, though, that locker room was—I uh, don't want to say a dark place—but there was a lot of there was a lot of question mm-hmm. on what was going to happen with the Buffalo Bills. Then you guys go into the bye week. You're in Kansas City. You beat the Chiefs, and then here we go. The Buffalo Bills are are back. And you guys get into the playoffs, you win a playoff game, and then you have another performance up against Kansas City where you couldn't get the job done. But I just want to ask you, like, how'd you guys turn this season around? Because at six and six, it, it felt like this was just not going to be a playoff team.
3: Yeah, that Eagles, that Eagles game definitely did something to all of us uh, in a way for the better. You know, like that Eagles game created, created grown men. Um, in a ways, it's carved out pieces of, of creating a champion. And from that one game to the next game, well, to that one game, to the bye week, then to the next game, and all the way until the final game of the season, it put us in a position of good faith and a good mindset. But also, we ran the football in a way that we didn't even know we can run the football. Yeah. And... We put it on ourselves. They put it on us that we have to be able to run the football to have a chance to go far and even have a chance to win a championship. So with going that far, running the football definitely creates a swagger, a dominance, and a way of ball that most people don't really want to play because it's very physical, Zach. It's very, very physical. And it takes a strong mind. It takes a strong body. It takes, a, it takes a prepared athlete, a, a, a prepared professional to be able to have that attempt to even run the ball that many times and to keep going and to go into the day after a game and your body is black and blue and you have an off day and then you have practice again on Wednesday and full pads and to be able to just put that helmet on and keep going because I can tell you that a lot of teams could have did it one time. Mm-hmm. Maybe even two times, but when it comes to doing it three, four, five, six, seven times, again, you know, you don't see that.
2: I'm just wondering, and you have now have made three Pro Bowls. You're starting to get your respect in this league. We know what the contract was and, and all of that as well. And a lot of people recognize you as one of the best tackles in football. Like, how much longer do you want to do this? Like, how much longer do you want to keep on playing?
0: Mm.
3: That's a good question, Zach. Because there's uh, like,
2: there's a the physical grind of this yeah. and the mental grind of this, it, it wears on a person, dude.
3: Yeah, man. Uh, I have a lot of things that I still want to do. Um, the world isn't talking about me like how they talk about Trent. And I'm real with that. I'm real with that. And I understand that. And that's something that I want. You know, I want people to say that's the best left tackle in the nfl and say it confidently which people do you know and i'm thankful in that they do they do say it but then you also have the counter question of so what about trent williams like nobody can ever counter that question with with asking that to to trent yeah and i respect trent for that and i respect the vet the leader of this for that and you know trent has something that every offensive lineman wants and that's the top of that hill, the top of that castle. So that's what we're all pushing for. So I don't know. It could be four years. It could be five yeah. more years. Um, I'm planning on dominating for years yeah. to come. So people know when they when it, when it comes to dog, well, you know. I, I think after that
2: Cowboys with. game, yeah. when you took, you were Michael Orr in The Blind Side, in the scene where he dumps the kid in the uh, uh, right off the football field into the dumpster, <laughs> 30 yards down the field, yeah. I, I was going nuts right. during that. Because <laughs> my, my phone has blown up with you for two th- for two things, when you caught the two touchdowns. Yep. But the yep. day you whoever you took for a ride in the Cowboys, I don't think I've ever got more texts about you.
3: Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> i um, blessed that they can – that you're even saying that, Zach. Yeah. You know, now you know me. The only thing that I hope – Is to do it again. Is to do it again. <laughs> and What's to, next? And, and to get it done. But honestly, though, maybe I'm reaching, but I like to shoot for the stars, right? You know, yeah. they put that scene in Michael Orr's little in documentary mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. When he was in high school. Uh, that happened in the NFL. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm blessed and thankful that Coach Rule taught us to finish and my Buffalo coaches taught us to finish, and I just played into the whistle, man.
2: So uh, also, uh, you, when you were talking about Trent Williams, I, I remember there was a time we were in Philly and we went out for dinner and mm-hmm. you were just – this was right when you, you got out of college and you were getting ready for the draft. And you met up with Trent Williams when he was in town. You guys are close, right? Yes, we are. I seen
3: Trent yesterday.
2: Oh, yeah? Yeah, I seen Trent yesterday. How has he kind of been a a mentor to to you?
3: everything. He's just big dog, man. He's literally just big dog. Um, He lets me know how to stay level with success, um, how to be a better player, and how to control my situation. You know when the world is talking about the mass of just focusing on individual tools whether it's getting out of your kick set or punching with one hand first and then gathering with with two or something like that uh, Trent keeps it real and for anybody that can just be honest when we live in a world full of yes men or yeah. liars um that's all I'm really could ever be and thankful for he's honest and with me like Dion look like if you're pushing for it like like you're doing good but you need a little more
2: and the only thing missing from his Hall of Fame eventual resume right now is the Lombardi yeah and the- and you know what so many storylines we talked this week Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey Brock Purdy um Patrick Mahomes you know we just go on and on and on Trent Williams Wins a championship on uh, Sunday. Man, What? Well, how, how would that make you feel, and, and what response would it elicit from you?
3: Man, it would mean everything. Uh, I might be sad, truly. I might be sad um, in a way, and I'm going to put light on this right here, Zach. Mm-hmm. For a guy like Trent, 99 overall in Madden, been the best left tackle in the league for – at least eight plus years maybe nine ten yeah. plus whatever um to be the best athlete on the football field and to never even have the opportunity to win an mvp is crazy to me wow it's crazy that he should have just as much mvp trophies as pat mahomes how about that he should have a trench warfare general award that sits on his Counter that he can look at and say, I'm the best enough tackle for a reason. And that's what I want for a guy like him. Because even though he's missing that in Lombardi, but he's missing some accolades that should have been there.
0: Well,
2: you know I love you. We got to bounce. For the sure. show's over. This is how we end the show yeah. it's with the snowman, Deion Dawkins. Brother. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Nice little nail polish right there. I know that's your baby girl <laughs> that got you. All right, here we have Talk to you tomorrow, everybody. Peace. Later.